Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL to March Madness to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online, which features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit if you use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That is B L E A V at betonline.ag. Bet online where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back. To believe in everything Auburn, your loyal hosts here as always. What's up, everybody? We welcome you into another episode and hope that all of our listeners have enjoyed the past two episodes. We have had two really outstanding guests and interviews back to back, starting with Cadillac Williams and then Stan White talking about handing the reins over to Jason as the new color analyst for the Tigers. So if you have not caught up on those episodes, go on back and make sure you check them out because they were really fantastic and insightful. And at this time of year, it's it's really cool to get some of those conversations going when we're not having to break down game recaps. So really great couple of weeks. And this week, we're just going to kind of hit you with top news and notes, get you caught up on everything. It'll probably be a shorter episode. And we've got a couple interview ideas in the works when schedule allows for them. So stick with us and we'll get a few more on here in the coming weeks. But Jay Cam is with me now, as always. And uh, Jay, I'm sure it's been a whirlwind week for you ever since the announcement. I think last week or yeah, I think it was last week after we recorded you you were going to do some SEC network interview, like a lot of a lot of press and and stuff going on for you. But you uh you you kind of knew that this was going to be how it goes and and it only continues from here what's it been like yeah last week was a i feel like i was at the senior bowl being interviewed by every general manager yeah <laughs> i bet except it was the same in radio and tv business so yeah. every network wanted to call wanted to get your insight wanted to see you know how you felt about it you know yeah. how did it come about you know was your conversation so it was it was a great moment you know I actually got a chance to you know to realize how big this opportunity was you know I think sometimes when we're kind of just going through the going through things we know it's a big thing but we really don't know how big it is until That's it's so true outside. so I think it really made me realize like you know this is a great great opportunity that's such a good point because I feel like we all kind of get like desensitized to what we do. And like, you have been involved with the sports network for a while and you've been talking about games, but, and so I, I'm sure it could easily be like, yeah, of course this was the natural progression. But then if you take a minute to kind of see it through a different perspective or through the lens of others, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is, this is pretty cool. So I, I find myself doing that a lot. I'm sure you even do that as a player, right? Like after a few years in the league, it's, it feels like work, but then you re you're reminded by people that like, damn, I play in the NFL. Like I reached a dream of so many people. Like it's important to let yourself like have those milestones. 
Well, definitely now, because when I'm not playing pro football and you're sitting at the house and you're yeah. watching games on TV, you're like, man, I see how fans get so wrapped up into the games, you know, and like if you have a team that you really root for, yeah, you know, and you're pulling for that team, you're on edge, you're on the edge of your seat and you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's emotionally. Totally. And when you're playing a game, it's not that way. You know, yeah. when you're playing a game, you're all involved in it. You're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next play? What's the scenario? Okay, what we got to do? And, you know, they're thinking about fantasy points, who's going to score the touchdown, <laughs> just all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. But um, it really makes you realize, like, dang, I did that for a long time on national TV. And now you can see, like, a how your face can be recognized in, in so many different ways. So I have a right. bigger appreciation for everything now that I'm not actually involved in. So yeah. as I approach this play-by-play, -play, I'm going to have a bigger appreciation, no one going into it. Yeah ideas you know on the outside looking in did you ever listen to calls when you were a player I mean obviously you can't listen to them live but like did you go back and watch broadcasts or like listen to calls about your games that you played in <laughs> I tell you what when I was playing I always stayed away from like the radio and the did TV you? Uh, just because even if it was going really good, you didn't want to get too high. And if it wasn't, you didn't want to get too low. Yeah. But the main thing is I did use, I did listen to games when I was in high school. And when I was okay. in high school, I would listen to college games as I would be driving up. You know, you hear like my brother played in Mississippi State. So I mm -hmm. got a chance to Jackie Sherrill, you know, press conference before the game and then after the game. And mm -hmm. then when I started going to Auburn for visits. I started listening to, you know, the Auburn games, especially the Iron Bowl. And, you know, the Iron Bowl is one that, you know, you it, they make you feel like you're actually there. You know, it, yeah, it goes a lot. It's hand in hand. You know, it makes me feel like I'm growing up. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you are, man. You are. And I, I think it'll, I mean, we talked so much about it last week with Sam White, sure. but I think it just is such a natural progression for you and and the insight that you'll be able to bring and also having lived the excitement of what those moments are like you know is is going to be really cool so I'm glad that we got to kind of highlight that and talk all about it especially with Stan someone who has literally been calling those games for 22 seasons like that that's insane so Again, yeah. if you missed the last two episodes, make sure you go back. We did YouTube for both of them, so you can watch them on Believe's YouTube page or both episodes available as a podcast as well. Well, we are going to dive into just a few news and notes around Auburn, and then we'll probably talk a little bit about the results from the AFC and NFC championships this past weekend. The Super Bowl matchup is set and I got to get Jay Cam's input on a few things because if you know me, it won't surprise you at all that I am still just so sad for Joseph Osai and I need justice to be brought to him because the footage of that man crying on the sideline is burned in my brain and I have just been so sad for him ever since. So I want to talk about all of it. We'll get to that in a little bit, but let's go ahead and talk Auburn. We'll start with football like we always do. Really not much to talk about, but just one thing for everybody to be aware of is that the Senior Bowl is happening down in Mobile this weekend, and the Tigers have Derek Hall and Eculiota participating. I also saw an article that Hugh Freeze is in attendance, 
person down there supporting. And obviously, you know, so much of, of the senior bowl and Jay, you can speak to this. So much of it is the networking potential. It, it really is kind of the first step for the NFL draft. It, it's kind of the first phase and obviously we'll have pro days and the combine, but the senior bowl is kind of the start of it all. They have scouts, some coaches that go and attend, and obviously the game is broadcasted on NFL network. So it's great exposure for these guys, but it also is where conversations start happening and and you start planting seeds about what kind of a player this guy is, what kind of a teammate this guy is, like all of those steps start at the senior bowl. So they have officially reported down in Mobile and that game will be happening this Saturday, I believe at one thirty central on NFL network. So um, talk to me a little bit about specifically these two guys, but also just the opportunity that the senior bowl presents for all of them down there. I actually saw recently that Derek Hall has been steadily climbing in a lot of the mock drafts, which you and I predicted I feel like when season ended he was kind of sitting at like early third and we were both like nope I think last I saw in Mel Kuyper's mock draft he is now a first round projected pick so just kind of talk about the senior bowl and the opportunity that it presents these guys and and kind of the the whirlwind few months to the draft that start now Yes, uh, Senior Bowl is a great chance. It's a great opportunity for these guys to actually put the pass on and actually get a chance to practice in front of GMs, in front of owners and head coaches. Where at the Combine, you don't have on pass. It's basically you're going through drills and then you're going through classroom work with each coach and, and, and franchise. So mm-hmm. here, you have a chance to actually move yourself up physically because you're going to go against some of the best players in the nation, some of the best players going to be in the draft. So if you go out there and practice, and you like practice up, you know, you're going to get some attention of some coaches and GMs. And I mm-hmm. feel like for Derek Hall, he was just on a bad football team. You know, he's a great player that was on a bad football team. And, right. you know, he, he showed up to play every day. He showed up to work each and every game. And that's why you see his stock rising is because his character meets his, his, his physical tools. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of guys have that. And I think they look at this like, man, this is a great guy for the locker room. This is a great guy from a leadership standpoint. And, you know, he's a guy that even in a bad season where he could have just said, hey, you know, I'm going to check out, wait for the draft. He kept going and kept going harder. Right. And I think that pays, pays off a lot. Eku, thing about Eku is he was injured. And, you know, we all thought he might come back for another year because of the opportunity of having that COVID year. But, you know, he's in a position where he feels like he can go to the senior bowl and make some noise. Mm-hmm. And the thing about him is he didn't have those last couple of games on film when they seemed like they played their best football, you know, once lat kind of took over, the energy was there and guys showed up. That's true. Now he, yeah, now he has to do a lot of work in order to get these guys ready to play. I mean, get him, get himself ready to go out there in the senior bowl and, and, and rise up the draft. That's mm-hmm. not easy to do. And, yeah. you know, but he is a, a physical guy that has all the tools from a makeup standpoint. And it's just a matter of them understanding like, Hey, can they look past the injury and does he have enough film work to help him rise in the draft? So this is a more critical week for him than it is just for Derek. But I think both the guys can do well this week down there. Like I said, I'll be down there on Thursday. I'm going down. Oh, to will have- you? Yeah. So I'm going down to do the summit for the senior bowl. So it actually be Ronnie and Willie Anderson, myself and going against Cornelius Bennett. Um, gosh, they had two more guys on there. Uh, Sean Alexander and I can't think of their third guy, but they have oh a third. Oh my gosh, guy. how fun! Yeah, so we'll be at the summit on on Thursday. 
That's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good point about Eku though, because I do feel like for so many of the guys that spent time injured, there's a very natural hesitation because if that was the last that these guys saw of you, not only is there concern about, you know, what lingering, you know, injury do you still have or are you going to be back to what you were before? There's an element of a gamble, but even aside from that, it gives other guys an opportunity to go to the forefront when you're no longer playing through season. So maybe it's not even concern about your injury. It's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like that's just kind of the nature of especially how freaking stacked college football is these days. So to have opportunities like this, to return to play, be, you know, top of mind for these guys again, when, you had essentially, they had to focus on other guys while you were injured. So it's a great opportunity for him to get back in front of them as well as eliminate any potential doubt in regards to his injury, hopefully, that he's back to full go. So uh, really excited for those two guys. I I feel like Derek is so equipped for the league in like a variety of ways. And and obviously you you turn it up a notch and, and you are made a faster, stronger, better version of yourself in the league. We all know that, but he has the foundations and the making of like a really solid NFL player. Like, I I just think that he, he's going to have a successful career and, and I'm excited to see kind of how it all starts off, but it's without a lot of You know, I think we've had some guys in the past that we all are so hype about, and obviously they're great guys, but sometimes the the talking can get the best of you sometimes, and if you're a little too high on yourself, that doesn't always translate very effectively, and I think Derek does a really good job of, of being vocal and having a big personality, but it never comes across as arrogance. It never comes across as a bad teammate. It, it always is it translates as a love for the game and a passion for his team. And any GM or coach is going to want that quality. All right. And a lot of coaches, I mean, a lot of coaches, a lot of players listen to the wrong noise. Yeah. Like you're always, you always want to make sure you're getting the right information, even before you decide to go pro. And I just feel like some of these guys, some of these agents come along and they're saying, Hey, you know, you can go in this draft, you can go, you can move up to this round and move up to that. And if you're a guy that has another year left, it's a big decision because I always tell guys, the agent's going to get paid regardless because the agent makes money when you make money. Mm-hmm. I say the agent is not just representing you. He may have 15 or 20 more guys in the NFL. So mm-hmm. if you're projected a fifth, sixth round pick and you decide to come out early, and say you think you're going to move yourself up to the second round, but say you don't. With the way the NIL works now, that you can receive some funds while you're coming back and you're getting ready to perform for another year that can propel you to go up three to four rounds, Mm -hmm. it gives kids more of a security to say, oh, I don't have to rush this decision. But also, if you do choose to go that choice, make that decision, you have to know that that agent is still going to be making some money if you slip to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, or even undrafted, right. it only hurt. It only hurts you. And that's why I try to tell these guys: make sure you're putting yourself out there first from a standpoint. Of go through all the scenarios. Don't just go through the best scenarios. Go through the worst scenarios. Mm-hmm. And you got to make yourself say, "Am I okay with the worst scenario?" If you can, if you're okay with the worst scenario, then go ahead, do what you got to do. But if you're yeah. not okay with it, then give yourself another opportunity. It's not going anywhere. So there's a lot of young guys out there to try to make these tough decisions. I've seen many of them come out early and, and, and 
they just don't get that opportunity to stay in there and you right. miss out. But, you know, I mean, I hope Ecu, you know, way defenses play nowadays, he's going to have an opportunity somewhere around the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I hope his thought rises this week once they're able to put eyes on him. Definitely. Even the decision to participate in opportunities that come your way and not, you know, listen to people who potentially tell you that you don't need the senior bowl and you should go ahead and go to Dallas and start training for the NFL. And then lo and behold, you get arrested for public intoxication. I mean, there's just so many decisions that we all have to make sure. It's embedded not in the senior bowl. No, he declined the invitation to begin focusing on the NFL. And the day they reported gets arrested in Dallas for public intoxication. See, that makes me wonder, did he get advice from his agent to say, hey, don't, don't look at the senior bowl because they're going to look at your size and then your mm-hmm. arm strength may not match up with some of the other guys' arm strength. Let them Possibly. look at the film. Let them look at the film and judge you off the film. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you went to the senior bowl, a guy like him would benefit off of that, especially since he's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's 25. He's played college for a long time. Yep. You know, like these guys have been around – men in the NFL, they know what quarterbacks look like and everything. So why not go down there and show what you got? You know, you come off a national championship, ride the momentum. I can't believe that he chose not to go to the senior bowl and goes out to Dallas and gets himself in trouble. You know, yep. that's not good resume. So it's just a prime example of what you're talking about, like making sure that you are listening to the correct noise and positioning yourself appropriately. Right. Exactly. Because you got to be able to think for yourself. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I want a national championship. I'm going to that senior bowl, especially if they got me like rated somewhere in the middle. I'm going to show now nah, I need to be moved up. But yeah. at the end of the day, now he's getting so much publicity. He's the only quarterback that went back-to-back national championships with two other guys, I think, or even been to back-to-back national championships. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he also is now receiving a lot of attention and the spotlight is on him. Some guys can handle it. And yeah. to some guys, it boosts their ego to a point where they become out of character a little bit. And yes. he has to understand that now he's on the public eye. Mm-hmm. He's got to carry himself a lot different. He may be able to used to party and get away with certain things, but now you just can't because now you got so many eyes just watching your every move. Well, and the reality is also that these kids are protected at their schools. When you get out of that, your PR is not being controlled anymore. Your narrative is not being controlled anymore. And the, the NFL ain't going to protect you the way your college coach and, and media department did. Like, if you're an idiot and something happens, you're gone. Like, that, the protection that they have in college doesn't translate to whatever you do after. So you you have to take that initiative to control the narrative yourself. So that was a prime example of that. And I'm sure he's wishing he was in Mobile instead. But nonetheless. Well, somebody else, right. Somebody else that I, I feel like could have benefited from Senior Bowl is Tank. They should change the rule and say, okay, if you're a top junior and you come out, you can be invited to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. You're, you're coming out to go pro. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You're a senior or junior. You're coming out to go pro. Mm-hmm. I just want to change the rule for some of these juniors to have an opportunity to go to the senior bowl and I agree. Uh, and kind of boost their stock as well. Right. Cause they don't get, I mean, they participate in pro day, right? Yeah. They participate in pro day and they could be invited the to the combine, combine but, but it's practice in front of all you're these right. guys 
makes You're right. you look at you differently. And I don't, I'm not even sure if he can play in any other all-star game. I'm not sure if you have to be a senior or yeah. juniors play in other all-star games. I'm not sure, but you know, it'd be interesting because he has to work extremely hard to have a great combine and a great pro day because they don't get a chance to see him in live practice right? You know, and everything like they would at the senior bowl. That's a good point. And honestly, I'm surprised that that hasn't happened thus far, but Shop. nonetheless, that is happening again this weekend, Saturday, 1.30 Central on NFL Network. So make sure you tune in and support the guys. Um, let's talk about basketball a little bit. Unfortunately, oops, oops, oops. <laughs> putting the oops in hoops, <laughs> they lost their last two. Unfortunately, ending the nation's longest home win streak, it had to happen, guys. But last week against Texas AM, lost at home and then went on the road for the SEC Big 12 Challenge, which has just been so strange. I mean, th- across the board, a lot of crazy results, but. Auburn lost to West Virginia by three. Look, they were down as much as, what, 16 in the first half. Got it within one, a very different second half, but were unable to come away with the win. But the bigger shock was Oklahoma dominated Alabama 93-69. to Mississippi State beat TCU, who is a conference title contender. Like, I... This challenge was very strange. Everyone was out of whack, but the Tigers uh, do remain in the AP poll. I believe that's the 32nd consecutive week in the poll. We have dropped substantially. I believe we're like 25, but still in the poll. Let's just breathe easy. Uh, and we will be back to conference play this week, hosting Georgia tomorrow night. How much of either or both of those games did you watch, Jay? Oh, you know, I watched. I watched a lot of them. <laughs> Give know. me your thoughts. Yeah, Arkansas Baylor was a really good game. That too. Uh, like the competition that was really good. Mississippi yeah. State TCU was a good one. Tennessee I was Texas. Alabama got their butt spanked as bad as they did. I was hoping they yeah. stayed undefeated. I mean, stayed not undefeated, but stayed winning until they got to us. And I was mm-hmm. hoping we stayed winning until they got to us. And it I was know. Just the whole crowd noise and everything just go crazy. Yeah. Uh, if uh, and then if you think about it though, you know LSU has fallen way off. Big time. I'm not sure what happened. They start off like 11 and 0, and all of a sudden they just done trailing in the wrong direction. But their women's yeah. program is trailing in the right direction. Uh, I'm lucky. Also say Kentucky and Kansas. You know Kentucky and Kansas was a really good game. I'm not sure why they just why they stopped throwing the ball to Enshigway. I think yeah. I said it right. But the guy was dominating the first half, and they all of a sudden just went away from it. You hear the noise in the background as renovations, people. Uh, You good. (laughs) So, yeah, but that was my thing with Kentucky. So, Auburn, I like the way they came out in the second half. They zoned a little bit more in the second half. They moved the ball better in the second half. They played with a lot more energy in the second half. And what hurt us, though, every time we climbed to one point, we come all the way back from 16, we would miss a layup for an one. Yes. You would go and make one free throw and miss the net. So, I'm just like – Guys, we were right there. Just get a knee about one point and you steal all their energy and everything out the out of the uh out of arena. But it was a it was a tough ball game. West Virginia is a hard place to play. I just feel like had mm-hmm. Auburn won that game, they would have stayed in the top 15, uh, based off where they played at. And they'd had an opportunity to 
you know, continue to climb the ladder. You know, basketball is tough. You know, you're not going to win every game all the time, but yeah. a huge win to get a great seed in the uh, NCAA tournament down the road. I know. I saw a lot of disgruntled people on Twitter, especially in the first half. And, you know, the challenge of having a newly established basketball program is that we are going to want to replicate, you know, the Bryce Brown, Chuma Okiki, Jared Harper team so bad because it's like in such recent memory and the experience of the final four and the sold out arenas and like that kind of started all of this. And it probably created a lot of new fans for Auburn basketball because, Honestly, there's been such a, a lull for so many years. I know a lot of, you know, my friends and people I went to school with, like, know nothing about Auburn basketball because you couldn't get anyone to go to games when I was in school, you know? So I think that that's kind of the, like a catch-22 a little bit when you're a newly established program because you want to try and duplicate the thing that, like, started all the chaos and the fandom this team is not that team, and, and it's not going to be the same. Like, they're not the same three-point team. I, I even see some some defensive woes every now and then, and that is Bruce's bread and butter. So that, that comparison can't be drawn every time because it's not going to be that group. Who is freaking impressing me, though, is Broom. I think he was such a phenomenal get. It's a lot like Walker Kessler, where it's like this this guy from the transfer portal who just assimilated into Auburn and this team. Like, he's the guy, like, rallying everyone on the court and getting energy going, and then he's the one in the paint, like, just aggressive and in your – like, I, I respect his game so much and how he has, like, just really bought into this team – it also blew my mind because the announcers kept calling him John I. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, John I, think, I? I think it may be. It may be John I. I what the frick? I've been saying yeah. Johnny Broom for weeks, but. Right. I've always said John Johnny. I. It may be John I, but. At all, bad, dude. You just say Broom. <laughs> broom. I know how to pronounce that one. Broom. Uh, but nonetheless, I feel that. The arena will be electric tomorrow night, obviously back home after a couple losses, back to conference play and a chance to redeem yourself with Georgia, obviously having given us that road loss a few weeks back, the potential to ride that wrong. So hopefully yeah, I think we play Tennessee Saturday. So we so. need this win. We do. To go to Tennessee on Saturday and upset Tennessee in that in Knoxville. Now that's that's bold because the whole goal is to be trending in the right direction before the SEC tournament. Right. That's how Auburn caught fire in what 2019 that we caught fire. That's when we caught fire was the SEC tournament. That's what you're looking for out of this group. Yes, we don't have the Bryce Harper, the Bryce Young that can shoot the three, but Wendell can get hot at any moment. If he can get hot and then you know, KD Justin can just give me three or four a game. You know, yeah. he's gonna shoot twenty, but he just get three hit three or four of them. He can just focus on that. Then you got an opportunity, you know, to you know start making some noise because I look around college basketball. There's only really two teams that kind of stick out as dominant. You know, Purdue yeah. is one of them, yeah. and uh, you know, and but everybody else is beatable. You know, yeah. everybody has these high moments and they're down. So it's not like there's just one dominant basketball program out there right now that's just like taking over college basketball. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it fun this year. Like everyone had Arkansas, you know, oh, these are going to be the team to beat for a national championship. But 
I think they started off playing a gauntlet of a schedule. Yeah. And now they're trying to reboost themselves and they can't they haven't been able to catch their breath yet because of that. So we'll see. Basketball is just starting to get fun. February always gets you ready for March Madness. It does. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if this SEC Big 12 challenge gave you any kind of a teaser. I mean, like those games, you thought you could predict them and they were chaos. So we will see what they're able to do. Now, the women's basketball team, three SEC wins in a row, definitely gaining some momentum for that program. Really exciting. And baseball has begun practice. I actually looked. Their home opener is February 17th. I don't know why that felt so early to me. That does feel early. February 17th, we host Indiana. In three weeks. Yes. Blew my mind. Anyway, so they're out to practice. I believe they had a a bit of an orange-blue game recently. There are articles about that. So uh, I said it last week, but we we really need to try and get Butch on here and kind of help us preview the season because apparently it'll be here very soon, and I was (laughs) ill-prepared for that. I had no idea, and and spring football starts February twenty eighth. So you know, so here's much. another movement. So so much happening <laughs> on the planes. So we got to get some coaches on here. I got to work hard to get Hugh Freeze. Yeah. And get <laughs> on here, you know, I'm at the I'm at the give him a shoulder bump when I get down there. Exactly. Say, hey, Come on, man. Lag yeah. gave us a good interview. So right. they, it's like a competition. That's what you got to do. Breed competition. Mm-hmm. Get out and go to these women's games. You got women's gymnastics who's tearing it up. Let's go to the women's basketball game. These girls yeah. played hard. I saw them on SEC Network last night, putting in that work against Florida. You know, yeah. and um, they keep playing like that. They're gonna get. They're gonna get some people coming out to support. They they deserve it too. Definitely uh, something that the the fan base needs to continue to do. As we've seen these sports that haven't always had that kind of following, and we've created it over the years. Like, don't stop there. Keep keep pouring into these programs and these athletes. You did mention the gymnastics team who got another win at home this past weekend, defeating NC State with a 197-175. Cassie Stevens won the all-around. Suni Lee rested on a couple events, but Cassie Stevens has been fantastic for the team this season, very steady. She won the all-around with a 39-6. Now the team will head to... Tuscaloosa this weekend to face the Tide. Uh, You can catch them at 6.30 Central on SEC Network Friday night. But you just mentioned to me uh, earlier about Junior Day and that it had happened at Auburn. Talk to me a little bit. First of all, explain a little bit of what Junior Day is for any listeners that maybe are unfamiliar with that and the turnout for this year, which, again, brand new coaching staff. So always encouraging to see, you know, kids wanting to buy into something that's so new and unknown. Yeah, Junior Day is a huge day. Uh, it's when you bring in all your top juniors across the state, across the you know southeastern, uh, pretty much anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. but mostly in the areas that you recruit the most. And what you're so trying are to they do, invited? Yes, you have to be invited. So they they invite these top juniors to come on their campus. It's a way for them to put their eyes on them, talk to them. Uh, some of these kids they've already been in contact with before, uh, but it's a big recruiting tool, especially that you just you have the new facility. Last year, in 2022, we had 20 kids on campus for Junior Day. This year alone, we had over 180 kids. So the difference a year makes. This is when you get kids to come in, see your campus, come in, talk to your coaches, come in the office, you know, just kind of have more of a detailed conversation. And also, you know, 
let those kids see everything that you have to offer them from a standpoint of facilities and different things. So it is a huge, you really have to put a lot of stock into junior day because most of the guys we signed, think about it, this December will be our 2023 signing class. You know, we'll probably sign a kid uh, tomorrow because everyone forgot that tomorrow is another signing day period. So we may sign one kid or two tomorrow, but then the rest of it is gearing up for December. Uh, you know, to bring in some top kids. And, you know, there's a couple of top quarterbacks that Auburn is on their radar. That's top five in the country. So that's good. You know, we got some, like, we're really filling up the recruiting trail. I give this team another year. We'll be in top five in recruiting consistently. Uh, I really think so. Like, they're doing a heck of a job of getting to these kids early. And the guys that we have on campus and bringing in, are difference makers. They're not just ball players. They're difference makers. So, uh, you know, kudos to this new staff and all the effort and work that they're putting in because they have been recruiting like crazy. I'm pretty sure they just ready to start spring ball, you know. <laughs> Get off the road a little bit. But, I mean, like we've said so many times, there was there was a lot of ground for them to cover when they came in and, and a lot of efforts that weren't being made in you know months past you got to catch up you know there the other schools didn't slow down when we did so uh this staff hit the ground running but fantastic to hear the turnaround like you said what a difference a year makes what a difference people can make honestly I, I mean it's so much about the right fit you know and and I think you see that in this example for sure but I wanted to talk about the NFL before we close things out because we all know the results of this weekend. The Super Bowl matchup is set. The yep. Chiefs and the Eagles. Um, the Eagles defeated the 49ers comfortably. 31-7, I believe, was the final because the 49ers had no quarterback. Um, <laughs> definitely unfortunate turn of events for them. I expected the Eagles were going to win regardless, to be honest with you, but that really was just a, a, an unfortunate situation. What do you, what do you do? You know, I mean, like there is put Christian McCaffrey back there, which they did at one point. I, I mean, like you're just throwing everything at the wall and that of all games that you have to do that, you know, that was, that was unfortunate, but the Eagles look sharp. They have looked sharp. It just feels like it's, it's their year. You know, I feel like if it's, if it's not their year, the city may implode. <laughs> like that fan base wants it so bad. So, um, I mean, I I have a lot of respect for Jalen Hurts. I always have. Uh, I think the way he went about his career, even the transfer situation, and how he's conducted himself in the league, I I have a lot of respect for. So, big excitement for them in Philly, and then the Chiefs Bengals. A game that just must be decided by a field goal, apparently. But this time it went Kansas City's way, winning 23-20. to 20. Here's my thing about the Joseph Osai play. Was it dumb? Yes. Bless the kid's heart. I mean, he is 22 years old. He is playing lights out the entire game. I mean, this kid was all over the field. He was effective. He's had a great season. But this is the biggest game of his career, bar none. And he is 22 years old. In that moment, in I, I mean, like I just I associate it with like something such smaller, but like in big games that I call and something happens live and they say your mic's open, go, and you just have to act on impulse. And and sometimes 
it's not the right decision and sometimes it's not the right response but like you bet your ass i'm gonna do it better the next time you know like these kids these are all learning oh boy these are all learning experiences for them too and and is it awful that he had to learn it on a situation like this yes but i think keeping an appropriate viewpoint on you know these situations and these people is so important because I mean, not to like get super serious, but like we all talk about mental health and like mental health of athletes is like a very prevalent topic right now. And I think that the more these kids are berated by fans on social media and feel like they will never be able to escape a play like that, like they are going to be tainted by that for the rest of their career when he's just starting out in it, that could cripple him and so I think everyone needs to keep an appropriate viewpoint on this and I hated the I hated the video of his teammate yelling at him walking into the locker room and I was so glad somebody posted a video there was a Pacheco run not long before where he went through like three Bengals who looked like they wrapped him up and Pacheco just snuck out and kept running Pratt was one of them it was a total busted tackle and like so yes those moments are are huge and that was a bonehead mistake but there was a reason that the Bengals were even in that situation when the Chiefs had a banged up quarterback tight end and 90% rookies in the secondary. Like why was that game tied anyway when you've got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and all these with Joe Mixon like it shouldn't have been that way. So the the pointing the finger and the attack of Joseph Osai like I just cannot subscribe to this. All right. Yeah, so you're right. It's it's the heat of the moment and Pratt was completely wrong. He was he 100% was. wrong again. Like I said, he came out and I heard he apologized last night, which was the yeah. right thing to do. But he also has to remember that there's many, many snaps in that game where guys could have made plays. And I'm pretty sure he can go watch the film and see there's three, four plays that he missed. And right. you just so happily get, you know, Joseph aside on the one biggest play that everyone talks about mm -hmm. because it put them in field goal range to kick the field goal. But you always hear coaches say, play through the whistle and hustle. That's what he was doing. He yes. was hustling and playing through the whistle. It's just oh. unfortunate that, you know, he lost track of where Mahomes was. Right. When he kind of when he hit him and bumped him, he was already a foot out of bounds. But he was hustling so hard. And I almost thought his own teammate was about to hit him, <laughs> you know, know, to keep him from hitting Mahomes. Uh, but that's the thing about it. Guys playing super hard, game on the line to go to the Super Bowl. He's trying to make sure Mahomes doesn't cut up the field and get another two to three yards. So he right. wants to make sure he gets him out of bounds. And unfortunately, like I said, he was already out by foot. But, you know, you can't complain about hustle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you learn from it? Yes. You can go back all day and learn from it, put the film on and, and everything. But no one's going to beat themselves up more than the kid himself. So right. he doesn't need any extra people coming on and tagging on, beating him up even more the extra people need to be there to be a, a lifting force for him, mm -hmm. you know, that to help build him back up emotionally and, and build his confidence back up because the reason they was also close enough in that game, because his, his effort, like the dude yeah. had a great game. He did. He he great did. game. And, uh, and you also got to get Butner credit for kicking that field goal with that much pressure on them in cold, cold weather. Like, and I'm sorry, but that thing had plenty of leg. I'm yeah. not convinced that he wouldn't have made a 50 something. 
Yeah, it's just that you just never know, you know. Right. It's like they still would have had eight seconds on the clock, so they still would have had a chance to maybe even pick up some more yards and get out of bounds if you could feel go. So, and that's what happened in the Buffalo game last year. Buffalo game, you know, they had 13 seconds on the clock and they went what 30 yards to kick a field goal. Yep. So, you know, eight seconds to the yes, you can't get tackled inbounds or game over, but the way these guys decide design plays, they could have picked up another five, six yards and still could have been like a 53-yard field goal rather than a 45. Yep. And Buck still going to hit that. You know, yep. he still has enough leg to hit a 55, 56-yarder. So I just say, no, no one talks about the punt return, you know, right before that. You know, the punt return is what set all of this up. You know, yes. the kid got like, what, 27 yards, I believe, on the punt return. A rookie. Yeah. So A freaking rookie. Know, how about getting on special teams saying this is the one thing you can't allow in that situation is for someone to get that many yards. The 30. Like, yes. Set them up. So, you know, there's a lot for everybody to go around. You know, Joe Burrow had a good game, but there were some mistakes that he made, you know, some of the mm-hmm. interceptions that he had, like. How many it, times was he sacked offensive right. line? Right. What are you right. doing? Right. Yeah. How many times they dropped touchdown passes? You know, they dropped like two yes. of them. So there was so much to go around for everybody that everyone hones in on that one play and it's unfair. And as a teammate, the reason Pratt should never do that is because, dude, you know in the locker room, somebody can go pick it, pick out all your – because what's happening now, you're going to have somebody go back and watch that tape and pick out everything he did wrong on it, and they're going to post it. Exactly. That's now, what happened. You know, you know they're going to post it because you just don't do that as a teammate. You don't mm-hmm. show up other guys, and you don't be a add-on. That's why I say we live in a more selfish society now mm-hmm. than we ever have. You know, like guys used to be about the team, caring about the team. Now it's almost ever since social media has come out, ever since, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even different things where guys can make money off their name, image, and likeness, mm-hmm. it's all becoming to a point where – I got I got to show somebody else up in order for me to grow and get get to the top. No, that's not the way it's done. You right. do that, you're going to fall faster than anything. Mm-hmm. And you got to build people up, you know, because everybody hits those moments where you go through a tough time or you make a mistake here and there. You don't beat beat the person. You right. build a person up and you don't build and you don't hurt people to build yourself up. That's mm-hmm. called a selfish person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he just made a selfish mistake. And I was glad he came out and acknowledged it and apologized. I just hope he done it in front of his teammates in a team meeting more so than he did for the public because mm-hmm. it's not for us. It's more for Joe Fosai and his teammates, the yeah. guys in that locker room with him to know like, hey, we don't tolerate that. This is something right. we don't do. And Pratt's a free agent. So I don't even know if he's going to be back with Cincinnati. Right. You know, so that's another thing like dude you about to be a free agent do you want other teams thinking of you in this way even though you apologize you can apologize but people still remember that in the moment that's how you responded that's how you responded Mm -hmm. yeah i get the benefit of that but once you show me who you are then i believe it but Mm -hmm. at the same time i also forgive you and give you the benefit of the doubt it's just that those questions can't be answered overnight right yeah, I I just felt like there were too many other things to look at for why the game went. And I also hate, you know, blaming officiating, but there were some really bad calls. Oh. Like, really, I have never seen the redo of third down because no one could hear the whistle and, like, they just let the play unfold and then are like, do it again. I have never seen yeah. something like that, to which right. they converted. 
Um, I also, the overturning of the reach for the goal line when there was no computer, computer, no camera angle in line with the marker. So how was there video evidence to confirm overturning that call and giving the Chiefs the con- the first down conversion? Like there were several that also, uh, you know, led to things like that. So the blame on him and the uproar about that one play I don't think is warranted. And if any of our listeners know Joseph Osai, please tell him that I am in his corner and that if he needs anyone, I am here for him because my heart has just, I don't know this man. I don't know him, but it broke my soul to see him so upset. I say this too, the way that he carried on after the game on the bench shows you where his heart is. Yeah. this is a guy, a lot of, not a lot of guys care that much about the game anymore. Uh-huh. You know, some guys is all about the money and the finances. You know, yeah. this guy, he cares about it enough, like to the point he know he, he he just made a crucial mistake and he's so hurt about it. Yeah. You know, and we he's a great player. We got to help him get through this yes. because there's going to be another opportunity in the AFC championship game that he's going to have an opportunity to make a play in the future and he's yeah. going to make it. You know, so this is just one of those tough times. But when I saw him pouring his heart out on the sideline, and I'm a teammate, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, that's my guy. Because he didn't just walk off the field, you know, like, oh, man, I just messed up. You know, you know, I can say I support him 100%. Same. Like I said, I've been a quarterback before in a crucial moment, and then we didn't win the game, and everybody wants to talk about the play that I didn't make but I made a whole bunch of them to put us in a position to be in that play. It's a four hour game, but you know, but you get blamed for that one thing and Mm -hmm. uh, and everything, but yeah, there's gambling games. I cried that hard and, 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 you know, it hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. just because, but you know, it kind of takes me back to being over Manu against Ole Miss in 2003, you know, I should to the right and I throw the ball back cross, you know, for him for a touchdown and he ended up dropping it Mm -hmm. and losing that game. And then, all you hear about was just how people were just all over him, just, you know, blaming him for the for the loss and just, you know, across campus and stuff. It was a tough, tough week. And I just remember all our teammates just galvanizing around being showing our support for him and just saying, look, man, that one play didn't lose the game, you know, like. And it doesn't define you. Right. And it doesn't define you as a person and, and, and who you are as a player. Like there's other plays that you're going to make for us. And yeah. I like to tell people. You know, Ben made some great plays in that game. If it has not been for his playmaking, we wouldn't have been in the position to win that game. Exactly. Like, so, you know, it just goes hand in hand. But I've seen people, and not one teammate bashed him or anything. You know, everyone just supported him. And, you know, he went on to have a great career and played in the NFL for seven years. So I hope this kid understand, man, that don't let, you know, the outside world, you know, saying ruin your confidence because yeah. – Dude, you're in the NFL because you're a great player. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the position you're in because you're a great player. You right. know, like, people make mistakes. You're human. You know, yeah. it just you got you you made a mistake, but you made a mistake going 100 miles per hour. You can't, can't nobody question right. his his effort. Yeah. You know, That's so true. we can we can teach you up all the, all the other stuff. One thing I can't teach is you how to hustle and right. have energy. But I can teach you on how to like, hey, let's lay up when you get close to the sideline. Yeah, like, all That's the so other true. Stuff, so true. 49ers game. I felt sorry for them guys. Uh, just off the simple fact that, man, come on, you win 12 games in a row, you get to the NFC championship game, 
your quarterback goes down in the first quarter and then your backup comes in and he had had reps all year. And all of a sudden he's just trying to get a feel in the game (laughs) and he gets knocked out the game. Like if you're Dallas, you're sitting at home, like sucking right now because, (laughs) (laughs) because you're, you're like, Oh, you got to be kidding. That is so true. They are at the NFC championship game and they only have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And here we are. All we had to do is get to the NFC championship game. And this would have been a game. A game. Yeah. Or not, it would have been a game. I still picked the Eagles to win that game because Mm -hmm. of their dynamic offense and their defense is top two as well. Agreed. It just made me realize, like, I expect the Philly to win that game by three. Mm -hmm. Mm. After that situation. It was just like watching TC in Georgia. You're like, right. You knew, they, you knew they couldn't win because how are they going to score? Uh, you know, so. It was so bad. It just sucked. It was just a bad game. But uh, kudos to Philly and, you know, Jalen Hurts getting to the Super Bowl, which is going to make this a, a big, big Super Bowl. I, I just really think you got, you know, something got to give. If you Philly, this is what you paid your top corners for, you know, the yeah. against a passing offense. If you're – Kansas City, that's why, hey, this is good. Can you stop the run? That's Philly's mm-hmm. first and foremost thing. So, mm-hmm. can you stop the run? And if you, Eagles, can you stop the pass? Something's got to give Andy Reid going against his former team. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Football. The Kelsey brothers. The Kelsey brothers, uh, you know, going against each other. Like, this There's is some crazy be elements to it. Like, I really like this game. And only reason I say Kansas City probably wins is because of experience. This is their third time in five years, but the Eagles have a defense. But, you know, this is a game where <sighs> it's just hard to go against Andy Reid and Mahomes in this game. But Jalen and the Eagles have a chance because what they do offensively, it's going to be a game of three points, whether Philly wins by three or Kansas City wins by yeah, three. Yeah, I think it'll be close too. We'll mull it over. We'll do a preview episode before because also you've got two weeks that specifically the Chiefs can hopefully get some guys back healthy. Uh, Nicole Hardman went down in that game. Like if they can get a few names back, you also kind of change your perception of it. But if they're still down and they've got a lot of rookies back there, uh, Philly may take advantage of that too. So Schuster was out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They like they was out. And and I mean, I think Pat Pat was running on adrenaline, but his ankle was not okay. Like it, so, to, for them to have a couple weeks and then kind of have a better idea of of what they're looking like health wise, I think is going to be a, a prevalent storyline. So we'll definitely talk all about that heading into it. Um, also, the fact that Rihanna is the halftime excites That's the right. heck out of me because she hasn't done a concert in so long. So that right. will be really cool. But nonetheless. We will talk all about that. We will continue to talk Auburn athletics as we always do. And we are going to get some more interviews. So hang with us. If you have not subscribed, make sure you do that because then you get a notification every time we release an episode, which newsflash is not the same time every week. So a notification will help you so you don't miss an episode, but that is going to do it for us this week. I do believe so. As always, Jason and I greatly appreciate everyone listening and following along. Uh, Make sure you hit us up on social media if you have any input or suggestions or questions. We love to collaborate on these as well. So stick with us as we get closer to spring ball and March Madness and all of the chaos that Auburn Athletics always brings. Have a good week, everybody. Until we talk again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Peace. Peace. I knew you were going to do it. (laughs)
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.